This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast on a historic Monday. Uh, November 27th, uh, 2023. Uh, we're brought to you by Bet Rivers, of course. A little later, hang on, because we have Mike Unleashed for you, and we have around the NFL. But let's go right into the NFL now, because it is evident to me that holiday miracles are happening around here, and another one happened yesterday. I still can't process it. I, I can still hardly believe it. But the Eagles win another game. It was kind of like a replica of the Kansas City game where you didn't think they should have won the game. And all of a sudden, at the end of the game, they win. They win in overtime, 37-34, on a 12-yard, 13-yard dash by Jalen Hurts, who has become – I don't know how to describe the guy, but let's go back to the start and where he's come to. He was brought to Philadelphia, if you remember, as a cheap backup – to Carson Wentz because they couldn't stand the fact that they had to send the likes of Josh McCown out there if their starter got hurt. He comes in as a second-round draft pick, and everybody says, geez, you should have traded that pick and got C.D. Lamb because Dallas was willing to do that. The evolution of Jalen Hurts now becomes one of the most clutch performers that you're ever going to see play in an Eagle uniform. The numbers are, frankly, mind-boggling. So, Let's just start with the numbers, and then we'll get into the crux of this game and how they won it. And, and there, there's a there's a part of this game that you really have to analyze because it was boom, bang, boom, bang, with both teams going back and forth. The Eagles, frankly, outlasted the Buffalo Bills in this game. They outlasted them. And, and I, I don't know how they did it, but they did it, and they keep doing it. This is a team that won't lose, that can't lose, that has no, no idea how to lose. And every week they pull this out. And it is just so admirable. This is the second year in a row now. They've gone 10-1. and one. Uh, Nick Sirianni is like, this is the type of uh, lofty goals that like Don Shula, like the great coaches post that kind of thing. Nick Sirianni is now going 10-1 and one in two consecutive seasons. All right, Jalen Hurts ladies and gentlemen, is 27-2 and two in his last 29 regular season games. If that don't, it doesn't point out that the guy's the ultimate winner, I don't know what is. We all looked at him and go, what's he got? He doesn't have a great army. He wins freaking games. It's just uncanny. 23-2 and two as a starter in the regular season, 27-2 and two in his last 29 regular season games. He has a rating. Of 113.4 when tied or trailing. Uh, it is the eighth time that he has come back to win when trailing by double digits. Now that speaks to a quarterback who knows how to win. 
and makes the right plays at the right time. You looked at the first half of this game and you go, what is wrong with the guy? What is happening? He looks like he's sleepy out there. What is going on? Is this one of those games where he just doesn't feel like playing? And then by the end of the game, you go, oh, my God, look at the plays this guy makes. He engineers three straight touchdowns. It is just phenomenal what Jalen Hurts is doing in this town. And if he hasn't risen to the top of the MVP voting, I see, I don't, I think people that, that don't follow this team on an every down basis have a tendency to vote on numbers. And when you look at the numbers yesterday, what you see is Josh Allen, who, let's face it, played his butt off in that game last night. He's got to most be the most tired athlete uh, on earth right now. After he had 450 yards, he counted by himself passing and running. The Bills had 505 yards in the game. They had they had more first downs than the Eagles. Ten more first downs than the Eagles. They they had 92 offensive plays in addition to their 505 yards. They won the turnover battle, and they lost. They lost the game. Now, does any of that make sense? It doesn't make sense. So this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to boil it down to see how this happened. Now, here's the thing I will say about the Buffalo Bills. They should have been up by a considerable margin at halftime. They squandered opportunities. They had 10 penalties in the first half. And you go, oh, my God. And they were up 17-7. But it's still, just like last week, the Eagles come out, they get the ball in the second half, right? Just like against Kansas City. They go three and out. And I'm going, oh, well, you know what? This is one of these games. And then all of a sudden, bam. All right, let, let's get, let's get to, the, to the big part of this game. Uh, the Eagles are up by a miracle. They rally, and they get the third and 15 scramble by Hurts, which if you're going to look back at this season, is going to turn out to be one of the great plays this team has put forth when you, when you really boil it down. It's third and 15. He scrambles out of the pocket. He goes to his left. He throws the ball like, it's, uh, you know, like he's just throwing it away. He's throwing it up for grabs, like a Hail Mary sort of play. The ball is perfect in the corner of the end zone, to Zacchaeus with two guys there, including Jordan Poyer. Zacchaeus snatches it for a touchdown. And my eyes are popping out of my head. I can't believe this is happening. This slog of a game where the Eagles look dead in the water, they're all of a sudden up 28-24. to 24. Now, the, the Eagles hold the Bills in the next drive. They take over at their, their own 32 but they don't make anything out of that. So now the Bills are still hanging in there, and the Bills all of a sudden get this brilliant idea to run the football on that next drive. And they do run the football. They get Cook for 11, and Cook for 11, and Murray for 6, and they start grinding the ball down there, and all of a sudden they're at the Eagles 40 with 5.06 left on the clock. That results in a 7-yard touchdown pass on a slanted Gabe Davis. The linebacker was Christian Ellis, filling in for the injured linebacker, Morrow. He got sucked in. Gabe Davis gets the third and fourth completion for the touchdown. It's 31-28. And at that point, you're thinking, all right, this is a come-to-Jesus moment. Uh, The the Eagles had their fun. The Bills just scored. It looks like they're going to win the game. The Eagles now get the next drive. They're moving a little bit, but Jason Kelsey gets two false starts. 
I like you can't make this stuff up. It knocks him back to the point where it's very questionable field goal range now. It's third and 17, and they're at the 40. It's a 59-yard field goal. They're at the 42. The Kelsey penalties pushed them back to the 42. At no time did I think that Jake Elliott was going to miss that kick. I'm standing around. And listen, we're sitting around doing a post-game show. I got Seth Joyner there. Uh, I got Mark Farzetta there. And uh, they're going, there's no way. You know, it's soppy ground. I got soppy ground. He's going to make it. It's a 59-yarder. This guy is, like, automatic. You know how I feel about kickers. But this guy is, like, something different. All right? Uh, he, he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss long field goals. He doesn't miss when the weather is inclement, when the when the ground is spongy. And so at 59 yards, he's got to kick a low shot. He drills one low. The Bills don't make an effort to block it. Like, I'm thinking, okay, he's got to drill it low. At the very least, Buffalo's got a chance to block this. He hits a rocket, and, and it goes to the net, and, and it's good. And it's it, now the game is tied. And I'm going, right, well, here we go. Now we go into overtime, and the Bills have the ball. They get the coin toss. Put up a pretty good drive. Now everybody's tired at this point. This is a grueling-ass game. If you're a fan, it's grueling. If you're the players, you can imagine how grueling it is. The Bills get it to third and seven, and they have digs open in the corner of the end zone, and there was a miscommunication because Allen thought threw it inside, and Diggs goes outside. Whatever happened there? That was also Davis, Mike. That was not oh, it was Davis. Diggs, Diggs, it wasn't Diggs, Diggs cut his route under. It was Davis. Yes, yes, yes. So, so they ran across. They did a crisscross. Diggs cut underneath, and it was Davis uh, who could have. If he won't, if he goes inside, okay. he's wide oh, open. Well, it was it was Where, Davis, and it, they ran. So it was mis- a miscommunication, and um, no touchdown. So they settle for a forty-yard field goal by Tyler Bass. The Eagles get the possession and systematically get the ball down the field. I mean, it's like, here's the thing about the Eagles. There's no sense of panic there. They got time on the clock, and they're going, you know, we don't have to make a big strike. Bang, 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 run, pass. Get the ball down the field with no panic and no mistakes by the quarterback, and it results in the 12-yard quarterback draw for the touchdown. And I, I'm sitting back, and I just, just like pretty much everybody else, I just cannot believe it. Um, fourteen and O, Jalen Hurts is fourteen and O against teams with a winning record. And therein lies the tale. The quarterback finished with 150 yards. Josh Allen accounted for 430. And the Eagles win the game. And I just sit here and I go, <laughs> listen, I, this is a team that just does not know how to lose and just refuses to lose. And it's just fairly evident that this team has the fiber, unlike any other team in the NFL, with a winning DNA. And you see it week in and week out. The supposed good teams find a way to lose. This team avoids losing, and finds a way to win against no matter who it is. Let's bring in producer Darren. Darren, I, I, I listen, I just, uh, this is one of the most unusual and impressive wins that I have ever seen from a Philadelphia Eagle team. And I don't think I'm overstating that. 
You are not overstating that, Mike. We, we looked at, um, that was a historical game. This is, we're in the midst of, a, of an historical season. Just a couple thoughts. I'm going to break this down into the game, the season, and all-time history here. And I, and I could probably talk to you for the next 40 minutes, but we don't have that kind of time, right? So uh, just a couple thoughts on the game itself. Two things, and there were a few things that stood out. You brought up the uh, the touchdown to to from Olamadi Zacchaeus. Love the name. Uh, people aren't really talking enough about that game, that play. In that, hurts completely. He was directing traffic. He was not just throwing that ball up on a on a hail mary and a wing and a prayer. That he directed Zacchaeus to make that to break his route to go where he went. Love that. Um, we talked about the field goal, obviously. On the overtime Bills drive, the hustle by Jordan Davis to keep uh, Josh Allen from scoring that touchdown probably saves the game. Or I'm sorry, from getting the first down probably saves the game because they're in a much better position to score the touchdown and end the game if he doesn't. And the other thing about the game itself that I just can't stop thinking about on the quarterback draw where Hurts scores the game-winning touchdown. Kelsey's pulling on the center and reacts, recognizes and reacts the pull, the blitzing defensive back and just clobbers him and literally opens up the Red Sea, parts the sea for Hurts to, he could have walked in if he wanted to. But the fact that a center recognizes that and then just completely waffles the dude, it was just, I could not stop thinking about that play last night. Mike, the Eagles are a second-half team, maybe one of the best in NFL football. We talk about halftime adjustments and how important they are to this team and how much they let them down in the Super Bowl. The Eagles are the league's best team in the second half. They lead the league in point differential at plus 68 points after halftime. Okay, so also, I'm going to give you another thing about the game yesterday. At the end of the third quarter, the Eagles were down 24-14. to with 76 passing yards. Incredible. Hertz, you mentioned some numbers. When he's trailing this season, he is completing 71% of his passes with 14 touchdowns and only one interception. In the second half this season, when trailing, he is completing 68% of his passes, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And this is the first team in NFL history to come back from their first four double-digit deficits in a season and win. And that's, I mean, and you talk about Hurts himself. There's only been three quarterbacks in NFL history to go 27-2 and over a 29-game stretch. The other two, obvious, you could have picked it out. Tom Brady from 03 to 05. The other one? Jim McMahon, over the course of 83 to 88, sounds like a long time, factor in the strike season, factor in he was injured a lot during those couple years as well. So over his 29-game stretch, he also went 27-2, and maybe had the best defense in NFL football as well. They are the only team, this Eagles team, is the only team in NFL history to start 10-1 and in back-to-back I'm sorry, they're the fourth team, sorry, fourth team in NFL history to start a season 10-1 back-to-back years. The other three, 05 and 06 Colts, 72-73 Dolphins, 
and the 1941 and 42 Bears. They're the and this Eagles team, only four teams in NFL history to start 10 and one back to back seasons. You mentioned Kurtz extended his Sula and Tony Dungy, two of those coaches. Right, and you're talking all-time greatest coaches. I mean, the, these guys are in the pantheon of NFL coaches. That means there. Nick Sirianni um, is in the pantheon of all-time great coaches right now. <laughs> uh, it's the, well, on paper, yes. Well, Hurts, you mentioned he, he Hurts extended his record with 14 straight wins mm-hmm. against a team with a winning record. I'll go on – you say overall. He did 14 straight times. No other quarterback in NFL, NFL history has done it more than 12. And, and lastly – Jalen Hurts extended his eighth consecutive win when trailing by double digits. No other quarterback in NFL history has more than four. A historical season for the quarterback, for the team. A lot of people say San Francisco is top to bottom, the best roster in football. I disagree. I think that's why the Eagles win a lot of games um, differently almost every week. They are built. They have the most depth of any team in the league. All right. Well, we're going to see uh, fairly shortly how good San Francisco is, and we'll get to that uh, across that bridge when we come to it. But let's just go over this game little by little because in the first half, the Eagles were getting destroyed on social media. And Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, was fired 100 times by people on Twitter. Now, the, the Eagles, as they normally do, start off good. Um, their first possession though was kind of strange because they had three straight throwaways. Like the plays weren't there at all. He had to throw away the ball three times. I'm going, oh, that's not a good start. But uh, the the Bills squander a touchdown on their possession because Cook drops a ball that really should have gone for a touchdown, um, and they have to punt. So now the Eagles then start their their drive to, to get the lead. Seven nothing, and they go ten plays, seventy three yards, uh, and they get a big get play. And that was a hands in the face penalty uh, after Gainwell's big run at twenty three. Jalen had a scramble in there for sixteen, and they got to the one. And when they get to the one, forget about it. You know, it's funny because they got to the four later in the game, and I'm going, and it was like first down, and I go, what? Tush pushed three, three, four times. I thought like it's a, people, <laughs> you, they can't stop it. So even if the tush push gets to the one, you got to score the next play. I don't understand why they don't do it at the four. But in, in any event, they tush push it to get it to seven nothing. The, the Bills drive uh, for a field goal. Uh, they had third and ten twice. So the Eagles were giving up third and longs in the first half, which was very unusual. They gave up a third and ten, a third and nine, a third and seven. Um, so that wasn't good, but Josh Allen is, is a guy who makes plays. Uh, he's going to give it up and he would give it up later, but he does make plays and he's a, he's a nightmare to handle because of the way he can run and, and, and convert those kind of plays. So, so here we go now with the, the, the Eagles next drive and Jalen tip interception, which gives the bills first down to Eagles 29. Now, now the bills it was their 20th turnover that they, they gotten in the year. Uh, and uh, the 10th interception of Hertz. The, all that's not good, and, and the, uh, they, they capitalize on that because they score off of that. The Bills ha- have scored 71 points off of turnovers this year, and they, and they convert as, as Allen has the quarterback draw for a TD, and it's 10-7. to 7. Now, this is where the Eagles' offense completely shut down. Uh, they had 73 yards on that first drive. 
with about six minutes left in the first half, they only had 80 yards. So they were getting stopped on almost every drive. And then the Bills go up 17-7 to in the game. Uh, but Tyler Bass had a field goal blocked in that game. Hurts uh, messed up a handoff to Gainwell, and that was a fumble. And that resulted in, in a Diggs touchdown catch in traffic at the goal line to make it 17-7. to And at that point, I really don't know what to think. Because I'm thinking, okay, if they come out in the second half and don't have immediate spunk, they're probably going to lose this game. I thought this was going to be a trap game. I'm going, okay, they got to lose one game. They've got to lose one game at home. It's miserable out. They're probably not going to be able to throw the ball a lot. Can they run the ball consistently enough to win this game? Then they go three. You and I were in lockstep there. They go go three and out on the first drive. But the Bills take it down. And this is where this is where the Elliott thing comes into play. Because every team in the league has an inconsistent field goal kicker. Every team sends out a kicker and they cross their fingers, except if you're Justin Tucker or maybe a couple other guys in the league. That's the thing that separates the Eagles from these teams because he doesn't miss that dude. And the other guy Tucker missed last night, by the way. And and so, so, so he pushes it right and they don't get any points out of that. Um, So now uh, the bills though, undaunted, they get a 24 to 14 lead. Uh, on an Allen rush for a TD uh, on a third and 11 from the 16. They were nine of 16 on third downs. They were killing the Eagles on third downs. It was the 14th TD the Eagles had given up uh, on third and seven plus. Now that is problematic. Okay. It's problematic for when you get into the playoffs. <laughs> right now they're winning these games with all these negative numbers that are, that are floating in here. So now we go to the fourth quarter. The Bills are up by 10, and Brian Johnson comes up with a very well-designed play. This is where he won the Eagle fans back over because the Eagles drive. They get a big pass play to Devontae uh, and and ends up on a a second and five. A fake screen, and then Devontae – slant in the middle of the field in the middle of the end zone for a 15 yard touchdown seven plays 75 yards and all of a sudden it's 24 21 and you're back in it and this is where Allen gives it up because he gets intercepted by Bradbury at the Bills 25 and that turns into the big play that Hurts makes where he throws it up and Zacchaeus comes down with it and Jordan Poyer gets a fistful of air and the Eagles take the 27 24 lead and then you get to all the big stuff that happened in the end, which I still watched and still don't believe. It was an incredible fourth quarter, incredible overtime. The thing, there's a couple other things I just want to mention. I want, I want to see if you've noticed with this team. First of all, they are the most underrated coaching staff in the league, right? Everybody says, ah, it's not them, it's the talent. You know, the things that they do, they don't make a lot of errors. I know there were some penalties last night. They don't, they're not a penalty riddled team. They're a smart team. They're, they're unflappable, Mike. Like this team, particularly the quarterback, have you noticed like there, it looks like he gets into this trance on the sideline, right? It's like, he just kind of just stares like they had the camera on him when, uh, when, when the Elliot hits the 59 yarder and all he did was just kind of, 
you know, shake his head a little bit. Like there was no, like he keeps like ice water in his veins is the expression I like to use. It was my dad's, uh, you know, he just, he's unflappable. It's incredible. He doesn't really show a lot of emotion either way. And that is what you want out of a leader. Coaches and quarterbacks should not, I know Brady was, he would go nuts and stuff like that, but I will always prefer the coach and the quarterback to be stoic, to be unflappable, because that's how you lose games at the end uh, in big moments if you don't control your emotions, control your breathing, control your blood pressure, man. Like that's the, that's the most impressive thing I have seen about him um, over the last two years in his growth. He's strange. <laughs> he, he's just very strange. And, 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 you know, uh, listen, it's uh, a 20 minute diet. The strangeness that belies a, like a burning competitiveness, I guess, because in the first half, he's got the same look, and, and you're going, dude, wake up. This is like football now. And then, but as he has the same demeanor in the second half, and then he does stuff. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm, I was just uh, overwhelmed by that game. I, I just could not believe that back and forth and, and the, and the, the mounting pressure on those players being gassed and having to go back and forth at each other uh, is just a phenomenal part of athleticism and professional athlete athleticism in general. Uh, and so now the Eagles find themselves in, in a really interesting situation. They have one loss. The 49ers have three losses. The Cowboys have three losses. Now, Let's look at next week's game because the 49ers have a lot going for them. They have a couple extra days rest because of Thanksgiving. They also have revenge on their minds. They will be coming in here loaded for bear. They are playing at a very high level. My only worry about this game, because again, I, I don't, I no longer worry about whether the Eagles are, are going to lose because when it looks like the, you know, the schedule goes by ebbs and flows. When it looks like this is a spot where they may lose, they just don't lose. They refuse to lose. And so they're faced with the same thing. The 49ers come in here as a two-and-a-half-point favorite next week. And you go, well, you know what? They're probably due to lose 49ers in revenge. But I would be shocked if the Eagles lose. i got to be honest with you. The way they win every week, it doesn't matter what the other team has going for them. But here's the peril of it. If they do lose... And then they lose to the Cowboys, and both those teams win out. The 49ers would win the tiebreak. So in a way, for the number one seed at stake, it is a must-win game for the Eagles. Because if they win that game, they could pretty much lock up that number one seed. They're not going to lose two more games to get to three. I can't see who they would lose to. But if they lose to the 49ers and then the next week's a tough game at Dallas, then we're talking about the Eagles perhaps not getting the number one seed and having home field advantage throughout. But think about that, though. They're they're 27 and two, right? They're 10 and one. They're back to back years. And now we're worried about and I know the teams are better. They're probably the two uh, of the best you know, remaining five teams in the league. But like now all of a sudden we're, we're worried about them losing back-to-back games. Like, like well, let, let, I'm like, let's, like I, I'm going to be shocked when they lose. I am game. too. But let's look at it. When we looked at the schedule, we go, yeah, that's probably a loss. That's probably, they're going to split with Dallas. They're going to, yeah. are they going to sweep Dallas? So realistically, you're talking about a team they had to beat. that's coming in with wild revenge and then have to beat the Cowboys twice in one season. So I, you know, it would not shock me if they lose. And, and my whole thing is, this makes the 49ers 
like a bigger game than you would think. Because the Eagles have a two-game lead. You guys, you know what? They could probably afford to lose. They, they probably can't afford to lose this game. You look at the 49ers' schedule the rest of the way, the 49ers could win out. And if they lose this game and the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, we're talking about that three-way tie with three losses, and the 49ers would get the slot. So that's the only thing that I keep in mind. It, be, it becomes a very heavy game You're next right. week for the Eagles. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, th- I think they win Sunday. It's uh, they pretty much here's because the thing is the last four games of the year. Don't give me Seattle. I told you that's a paper tiger. Uh, those last four games, if they need them, are cupcakes. Yeah. So uh, when that's Sunday, I mean. it's, it's over. these two are the whole season. As far as the number yeah, one. Season. But you only got to win one, but I prefer you win Sunday. OK. Uh, all right. There's was one thing it was a strange part at the end that sets up. I, you know, the guys around me can tell you that I had no doubts that Elliot was going to make that field goal. And they're all freaked out. Seth was freaked out. Farzetta freaked out. Bill Calabrullo was on the show. He's all freaked out. He's going to make it. Well, what do you mean? It's a, I don't even it's know you. Ground, but I go, it doesn't matter. This guy is just like unbelievable. And, and he makes it. But the Kelsey false starts. Were, were strange to me. At one time, he moved the ball. The other thing, he flinched. I'm going, okay, okay well, you know, come on. You're been in the league 100 years. But then, after that, he runs into the locker room. And I'm going, what, what, is, what happened? What, why is he going into the locker room? And it dawned on me, did he have to go to the bathroom? Because he's running in the locker room. And go, they got to play in overtime. Are they not going to have their starting center in overtime when they have to drive the ball down the field? Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. I uh, did not notice that at all. The only other thing I could think of is maybe he wanted to change his cleats. I don't know. Maybe the field was, field was really sloppy at that I, point. I don't know what it was. There was no explanation. I don't know if anybody got an explanation. He probably did because it was a noticeable part of the game. He ran off the field and, and with somebody, and he went into the locker room. And I go, what? What did that influence his false starts? Like, what happened? Did he have to go to the bathroom so bad he wasn't concentrating? Like, what? but but if he had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you got to take all that cra- stuff off and get back on the field. That doesn't take like three seconds. That's a commitment. We got to take all that football stuff off and go to the toilet. <laughs> all right, maybe I think it's more of a more of a uh, probably equipment. Maybe all right. Uh, in any event, that is a, a replay of of what we saw yesterday. You know, people are getting conditioned with this team, and uh, they've they've learned now, I think, not to bitch and moan when things are bad. Because, you know, yesterday in the first half, Twitter was just, I'm going, you're 9-1. Shut up. It's early in the game. I I mean, I get it. They're not playing well. But, my God, you people freak out. This team has told you they're like freak-out proof. You freak out. It always comes back in your face because they come back and they do whatever it takes to win. So uh, what a great game. Ten and one. Uh, So now uh, let's move on a little bit and uh, let's go around the NFL because um, some things happened yesterday in the NFL. Uh, And this is my five thoughts uh, on the NFL action uh, of yesterday. We'll start with um, the New England Patriots. And the New York Giants. And I'm watching the game, and the Patriots are driving. And I go, okay, well, they've got nothing to lose here uh, by just trying to score a touchdown and win this game in regulation. And the great Bill Belichick, of all people, plays conservatively for a field goal. He laid up. My eyes are popping out of my head. I go, 
Belichick, you're doing this? You're playing for a field goal to send it in overtime against the lousy New York Giants when your team stinks and you have nothing to lose? And people are coming back at me and they're going, well, he's trying to preserve that uh, that draft pick, that first draft pick. Well, then why is he playing for over to tie it in overtime? A, B, he's not even going to be there next year. What does he care? He needs to go and win that game. They settle for kicking a field goal, which the guy clanks. And they lose the game to the Giants. Oh, my God. How lucky are we that we are not in that spot with a has-been coach who actually has lost his nerve to the point against the stinking Giants Plays for a field goal to tie it and send it into overtime instead of trying to win the game when he was at the 20-yard line. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to number two. Ah, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Darren, I want to give you your chance to lament. That's your squad. Your man crush goes out. No, 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 no. They are not my squad. They're, they're your squad. Your man crush is out. No. But they won last I week with, with, uh, with Dorian um, um, uh, Robinson. Um, what's the other part? He's got three names. Um, Thompson. Uh, Dorian Thompson, know, John, Robinson. John Jacob and they won Heimer last Schmidt. week, and he looked okay. And I'm thinking, well, that's a pretty good bet. They they they, they should win uh, that that game, right? Oh no, no, it's not. It's not Dorian. He's the Browns guy. Who am I thinking of? Who's He's the Cleveland guy. The uh, Browns. Yeah, Brown, Jake the, Brown, Brown. That's my bad. I'll get Jake to the Brown. Browns later with Dorian Thompson, Robinson. Uh, but Browning uh, could not win that game uh, against a really lousy team. Your thoughts, sir? Joe Burrow, the whole team, seriously. The Bengals aren't good Are enough Bengals? to beat that team. Um, I mean, they do have a pretty good roster, Mike. I, they've lost their, when they when the safety uh, that I wanted the Eagles to sign, Bates, Je- uh-huh. uh, Bates Jesse yeah. Bates, when he left Cincinnati, yeah. their defense took a big hit. Um, but, I mean, Burrow is – and, again, they are not my squad. I love Joe Burrow. I love his game. Um, but, they look, they got two great wide receivers. They got an all-pro – uh, in Chase, mm-hmm. they got a pretty good line. Joe Mixon, even though he's a creep off the field, um, is a playmaker. They got a lot of weapons. But, I mean, Cleveland has no excuse to lose that game. They need the game. Their defense is top-notch. I know Miles Garrett got hurt. I think he has a shoulder injury. Uh, he was on his, he was, his arm was in a sling after the game, and he might be the most unblockable yeah. player they in They scored football. 10 points against the Steelers. The Steelers are now yeah. seven and four. Now, for the record, for the Bet Rivers contest that I go against the, the nationally, uh, the people that was one of my games that I selected the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers came in as a favorite in that game, actually. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm not crushed by the result, but I'm going. Come on, Bengals! You can't score ten points at home against the Steelers just because you don't have Joe Burrow. All right, let's move on now to your other team that you pick every week. The Saints stink, and and yeah, and Derek Carr stinks. All right, they, they thought this was I, a big coup. They're going to get Derek Carr, a professional quarterback, and they lose to the Falcons and Desmond Ritter, twenty-four to fifteen. The Saints now five and six. The Falcons five and six. Boy, what a division that is! <laughs> Horrendous teams in this league. It's like two or three years are going to get to the playoffs. Derek Carr did throw for 304 yards. I don't know how that happened, where he throws for 204 and they lose. Uh, uh, D. John Robinson's the real deal, man. He's a great yeah, player. 16 carries for 91 yards in the TD. Uh, Alave had seven balls for 114. They still lose. They can't move the football. They scored uh, three, six, three, and three to get there to 15. 
and the Falcons win it, and they cover 24-15. All right, let's move on. And their Saints put their all-pro defensive back, Marshall Lattimore. He's on Ireland. Yeah, there, so. cool. The Saints, they're, they're shot. And if you pick them again, uh, I will, I will, uh, no, I will negate it. It won't count if you pick them. Uh, <laughs> My only loss went two and one this selections. week, by the way. Um, all right, let's move on. Number four. Uh, I got I got caught with this one because I thought the Browns and Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson was going to pull this out. Uh, the Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos all of a sudden are a hot team. Uh, all Sean Payton's doing is running the football. Like, you know, he's a guy that likes to throw the football, but he's looking at Russell Wilson. because Russell Wilson can't throw the football. I, I might as well run it. Wilson threw for 134 yards. They wound up ru- rushing for 169 yards. Um, and, and they and they win. Uh, so it looks like it looks like the Broncos are going to be in the playoffs. They're six and five, and they win twenty nine to twelve um, with Russell Wilson playing uh, game manager. How about that? I, he's the most overrated quarterback in NFL history. And somehow Peyton's winning with but, him. What is that like? Five of their I last know. six. Uh, I just, it is incredible to think that that team gave up a seventy spot to Miami. Uh, like six weeks ago, if they rally to make the playoffs, it, it, he's a bona fide NFL or uh, head coaching candidate. Uh, coach yeah. Uh, five, the Colts. How about the Colts? How about Shane Steichen and the Colts winning with Gardner Minstink? <laughs> That's unbelievable. The Colts beat the Buccaneers 27 to 20. And uh, uh, Gardner Minstein so throws for 251 dudes. yards and, and a touchdown. Uh, I guess Shane Steichen knows what he's doing. Uh, meanwhile, the, the other State guy, the other coordinator so that went, the guy got a head job. Gannon got a house by the Rams 37 to 14. So Steichen is winning the battle of the Eagles lost coordinators this year. How about that? No surprise. No surprise there at all. The NFL's so bad. Oh, my God. The, it is a terrible product to the point where, and you know how much I love football. It's by far and away my number one. It is laborious to watch some of these games, man. Like, it's bad football. It's a bad product. I thought the league was bad last year. It's worse this year. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. It, it, it is. There's a lot of bad teams uh, in the league. So, uh those are my five thoughts on a really, frankly, a boring weekend of football. You look at I had to, I had to like dig deep to come up with uh, with five things that caught my eye uh, in the NFL. Uh, okay, it is now time for Mike Unleashed. I got a lot of things to talk about on Mike Unleashed. I want to start with college football. Um, the Big Ten stinks. <laughs> All right, there's only. There's only two teams that are worth watching, and sometimes Penn State. I can't even put them in the must-watch category. But there are only three teams that really, when they're on their TV screen, you venture in. And it's Michigan and Ohio State, and they had an epic battle, and Ohio State just couldn't get it done. And here's the beauty of this whole thing. Ryan Day can't beat Michigan. And now the Wolves are out at Ohio State. This is the difference between Penn State and Ohio State fans. Ohio State fans don't stand for this. The guy's lost seven games. He's like 53-7, and seven, Ryan Day, as a head coach at Ohio State. But when you can't beat Michigan, everybody goes, he needs to be fired. Got to get him out of there. It doesn't matter how good you are. See, Jim Trestle, who cheated his ass off, beat Michigan. So did uh, Urban Meyer beat Michigan. John Cooper, before those guys, was a good coach, couldn't beat Michigan. He was out on his ass. 
So Ryan Day is close to being out on his ass. Conversely, Penn State can't beat Michigan or Ohio State. They give the Penn State coach an eight-year contract, and they go, no, we're going to the Citrus Bowl. That is the difference in the fan bases. Yeah, it is. It is surprising, too. It's really surprising, Mike, yeah. that the Penn State's fan base. And, I, you know, I'm one of them, uh, but I don't care about the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, I got, I got I, a Maurice Claret tweet up. And uh, I, hold on a second. It's it, it's 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 making it's going audio here. So let me let me get <laughs> let me get this out. He wants he just wants to drop a message that he's disgusted. Now, Maurice Claret, one of the all time running backs, uh, came out and and uh, went crazy on the Ohio State program for them not being able to beat Michigan. And they said you need to make a change. This is Maurice Claret. All right. So. Uh, Penn State, they go, they, huh? Even Penn State loves like Navar Arrington came out and lauded James Franklin the other day, and I'm going, Maurice Claret just came out and buried him, right? High State's is now, I mean, he's persona non grata at High State because of what he did. I get it, but it's an important player coming out burying the program for not beating Michigan. Navar Arrington comes out the other day and was praising James Franklin to, to holy heaven, and then two days later. <laughs> Two days later, LeVar Arrington Jr. tweets out that thank you for the offer to Penn State. I'm going, oh, come on, LeVar. How could you do me like that? You're going you to laud the head coach because your kid's getting a scholarship from him? It was a business decision All right, LeVar. <laughs> One other team I'll bring in in the Big Ten, and I love Big Ten football normally. You're right, it's terrible right now. But I love watching these Iowa games just to see if the under hits every week. Well, I'm glad you brought I mean, that you, up. Did you watch the game? Because one of my plays of the week last week, of course, was yeah. Memphis over Temple, which was like stealing money. But I, I did right. take Nebraska over Iowa because Nebraska was a favorite in the game. I thought, boy, that's really strange. I was going to the championship game in the Big Ten. They're in that crappy division part of it, and they're going to get killed by Michigan. But they're still, you know, impressive. But why is Nebraska a favorite? I'm going, hmm. So I backed that game. I played the game, and I'm watching the game, and it's painful to watch. It really is. That game, those two teams are terrible. Uh, they're they're defensive-oriented teams where the offense can't move the ball. The quarterback yeah. for Nebraska, did you see who it was? I mean, Nebraska's yes, quarterback. Yes, I forget. It's, uh, who's, it's somebody's Brock kid. Purdy's brother. Brock Purdy's brother. Yes, that's right. You and I talked about Chubba it. Purdy. Chubba Purdy. Uh, his real name's Preston. So they, they call him Chubba Purdy. So I'm watching the game. Oh, look here. It's 10 to 10 now, mind you. Okay. Nebraska is driving down for a field goal that will win the game. They are at the Iowa. They're at the 48-yard line. They're at midfield with 31 seconds to go. All they need is 15 more yards. Chubba. Throws an interception where he doesn't see the linebacker. And Iowa intercepts the ball, comes down, and wins the game with a field goal. Chubba, come on, man! What are you doing to me? I, I'm inches away from winning the game. And people are going to go, I could just imagine, well, Mikey Miss had that Nebraska game. He had to win. <laughs> and Chubba snatches it from me. Damn it. One of, my, one of my best friends, his daughter goes to Iowa. So he has this shirt. He says, it says, at Iowa, we bet the under. <laughs> Did you see the two guys in the stands? There are two guys that had T-shirts on 
the same shirt. And the shirt just said, and Iowa hats on, and the shirt had one word on it. It said punts. <laughs> That's a great shirt. All right. So, uh, yeah, the other under was 25 and a half. And of course, all right. So, two quick things. Uh, one, uh, Saturday, uh, I want to just throw this out to you. It's really irritates me when people do this. Well, I'm headed to the golf course because uh, on uh, Saturday, we have our final tournament of the year. It's called the Mean 18. And the Mean 18 is where they put all these uh, impossible pin placements where they'll put it on a hill. You can't get close to the pin. You wind up eight putting and the whole bit. It's just like the course is all tricked up. First of all, I just want to say, my team won the tournament with a 15 underscore in, wow. in 40 wow. degree weather. Okay. So oh, I, I want to say, yeah, I, I want to give a shout that. out to the Volgrafs, father and son, who were part of my team, and a guy named Chris, who was my fourth. I just hooked on with these guys. I didn't know them before the round. We hooked up, it was a scramble. We were, we, we were just on fire. And we wound up winning, winning the whole thing at 15 under. But that's, that's, not not pertinent to the story. I'm on my way to the golf course, and I'm going down this kind of a country road, and a, two joggers, but the woman is in front of the man. And she comes out from a side street making a wide turn where her body takes her onto the road that I'm traveling. She has the guts to, to give me the slow down sign <laughs> now oh, she, she makes a wide turn into the my road head. and she looks at me <laughs> slow down <laughs> now, unreal I, what do you do what do you do with that you just keep driving you, well you can't do anything but i will add that there are no there's no human on the planet that, that annoys me more than a runner they're psychopaths. Well, the There's nothing enjoyable more about than me because she's churning. She's ahead of the guy. And, she, and right. she gives me the slow down thing. And I, and I naturally, I turn my instinct is to turn. And I want, ah, fungal you. All right. I hate runners. Okay. You're not athletes. Last thing I want to bring up to you uh, before we close this down, the mic unleashed. So, boy, the Showtime was playing a trick on me. And a lot of people who watched the Godfather a series, they were running during the Thanksgiving Day few days holiday. They were running Godfather one against Godfather two at the same time on Showtime Extreme. I guess one was the West Coast, one was not. I put it out on Twitter. One and two are on at the same time. Which one are you hitting? Most of my life, I would have gone too, but I recently have a uh, a um, a firm um, an adoration for one a little bit more. So I probably would have gone one. Okay, I always go one. Interestingly enough, the consensus on Twitter was that two was a better movie. I don't think it is. It's listen. I will say this about two: it's fuller because they get into yeah. the, 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 the Italian part and the. Them growing up in in uh, yeah, him New, York New York and, is, and the whole is, bit, yeah. but one is right. so originally brilliant that I can't give deference to two. And if you give deference to two, and a lot of people go, "Well, because the De Niro," eh, okay, but I give deference to one because Sonny Corleone was one of the great characters ever, and he was in one. Luca Brasi was in one. 
Mazzini yeah. and all those creeps. They're like that you would Mazzini. miss so much that it wasn't into the, that, the original story. So I always prefer one over two every time, every every day of the week. In fact, I've one is my favorite movie of all time. I have two, like maybe in the top five, maybe. Usually I have it sixth. It's brilliant, but it doesn't give me as much satisfaction as one. And I like the part, uh, well, I like these obscure parts in one. And uh, I like the part where Sonny, because how many, how much, this is something that everybody's wanted to do. That, like Sonny Corleone goes out in the parking lot at the wedding and he sees the FBI guys and they, they're taking the license plate and, and the guy's taking photos and the whole bit. And he grabs the guy's camera and he smashes it down. But, he has enough integrity deep in his pocket, pull out a wad of cash, and flick a couple hundreds at him. <laughs> yeah, he that's not the best. Yeah. Is that the best? Here's there you the, go. I'm gonna bust you <laughs> up. But here, I feel bad. Here, okay, get yourself a new camera later on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Love it. All right, that'll do it. One thing we're gonna do, by the way, in the off season when there's not a lot of sports going on, you and I are gonna do an entire podcast. We are going to make the definitive movie list. We're gonna go ten comedy. And non-comedy, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna debate this, and we're gonna decide what the right. ten my, best. My top five has um, never changed, so I'm, I'm settled on my top five. I know. Uh, all right, we'll do that at uh, a later date. Thanks everybody for listening and watching yeah. today, the uh, day after Eagles game. Always an interesting podcast, and we appreciate you listening. Don't forget to uh, uh, tell your friends and neighbors you can subscribe for free, and uh, you'll get the podcast that comes right to you. It's brought to us by the great people at Bet Rivers. Uh, you can reach me, uh, email at mike at mikemiss.com, on Twitter at mikemiss25. If you want a Cameo shout-out for the holidays, go to cameo.com, research my name. I'll give you a personal shout-out, and uh, I guess that's about it. Anything from you, Darren? We all good? Uh, no, we're good. We're back, I think, Thursday this all week. Right. Sounds good. We'll see you then, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. It's it's gotten more fallish. It's getting a little, you know, it's gray, and, and it's one of those the type of of deals as we get into December. Hopefully everybody did some shopping, cyber shopping with all those great deals where you didn't have to go out and run into each other. But this is shopping season right now. So be safe if you go out. My, my house looks like gimbals right now. I got a Christmas tree in every room, I think. You got the Christmas tree set up already? <laughs> we got our tree. We got the real tree on Sunday morning. We got the, went the family trip out to Indiana farm in Medford and got the uh, tree cut and all that. And then I have there. like a, uh, a fake tree by the fireplace. I got another tree in the foyer. It's well, I tell you, my kids you are really young. live in the hood, man. Go going, going out into the, to the, to the Christmas tree farms. All that's 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 really the hood you live in. <laughs> my kids are young, man. I, I got the house has got to look like gimbals every year. <laughs> all right, folks. Have a great day. Have a great day. We'll check in now uh, later in the week. Uh, for Darren, I'm Mike on the Mike Missinelli Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.